I'm McKinney Smith. After going through a divorce, my sister passing away, experiencing narcissistic abuse, and some significant health scares, I realized through sharing my story that I wasn't alone in my suffering. Suffering, subjective distress generated by the experience of being out of balance. In a deep dive to holistically heal mind, body, and soul is where I discovered peace, clarity, and connection. It is impossible to be truly wise without some real-life hardship, and we cannot develop post-traumatic wisdom without making it through, and most importantly, through it together. Social connection builds resilience, and resilience helps create post-traumatic wisdom, and that wisdom leads to hope. Hope for you and others witnessing and participating in your healing, and hope for your community. A healthy community is a healing community, and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. Thank you for joining us on the Heal Her podcast, H-E-A-L, Honor, Elevate, and Love Her podcast, formerly known as the Iwaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show globally, where we have conversations with extraordinary women on their journey towards wholeness and harmony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. As a certified mindset coach guiding women towards peace, clarity, and connection within, supporting the direction of the system toward wholeness, my goal here is to help you thrive. Feminine conscious business coach April Franks is the founder of Women's Recharged, parent to epic woman. As a master community builder, content creator, and launch strategist to women entrepreneurs, she helps women operate within their divine feminine power. Her superpower is transforming the business and personal lives of the women connected to her. Her ability to galvanize online communities through attraction content marketing is inspiring and duplicatable through her coaching model, The Best of Both Worlds. Also a five-time author and a two-time film producer, April creates powerful content across various platforms and believes sharing content is the best way for women's stories and expertise to be told. Please welcome to the show, April Franks. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your journey, your truth, your healing with us. I, I don't take anyone's time for granted. And I know, you know, based on you and I both being on a, a panel for the Anti-Hustle Manifesto, we're in that season where we're enjoying the soft life and anti-hustle hustle, the anti-hustle culture. So I appreciate you taking this time uh, to come on and have this conversation. A hundred percent. I think more of us need to be having this conversation. This seems to be the most pivotal time to be having it. Yes, absolutely. Before we even get to your journey and and where you are presently, I love to dig into your backstory and, you know, learn a little bit more about, you know, what you were or what you wanted to be or who you wanted to be as a little girl and what you were like as a teenager. You know, it's interesting. So I'm a feminine conscious business coach today. But when I was a kid, I wanted to be a lawyer. So basically the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to be a lawyer. I was always 
advocating, you know, for what's right, standing up for women, standing up for myself the best way I knew how, you know, in different seasons of my life. Um, you know, army brat, father was in the military, grew up in a really tumultuous, dysfunctional, abusive household. You know, that was mm-hmm. my backstory. And uh, I was adopted into the family that I grew up with, who I adore, and we've done a lot of healing and reconciliation over the past many, many years. And uh, so I learned a lot, you know, and I also learned a lot of how to operate, you know, in a state of trauma just to Mm -hmm. survive, Mm -hmm. you know, and that really is what led me into this independent womanhood and waving my flag and being super aggressive and having to carry that strong black woman cloak. And um, so, yeah, and now I'm here. Wow. I'm sorry you even had to experience, you know, growing up in um, an abusive and tumultuous home as a child. And I, I, I've had quite a few women um, that have come on and shared, you know, growing up in toxic environments, having childhood wounds, childhood traumas. And I love to see now how you've transmuted that pain into purpose and how you are making your own impact in the world and changing, you know, the, the, I guess the narrative um, mm. for future generations. So I guess how, I guess how has your, trauma responses from those childhood wounds. Um, How do you feel that they have hurt you and how have they helped you? You know, I, and you know, you said you're sorry I had to deal with that. And I just want to say, I'm I'm really not actually, I'm not. And the reason why I'm not is because who would I have been? Mm. You know, I don't know who I would have been. I don't know if I would care this much about other people. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Mm -hmm. I would be average and oblivious Mm -hmm. to other women and to my own needs. So I'm grateful for, you know, thank you. I'm grateful for the path that is just my life. You know, and I think one of the things that really shed, because, you know, when you're just living, you don't really know about trauma responses and triggers. You're just you're operating and you're really in survival mode, just the best way you know how to be. You know, you're not psychoanalyzing yourself. You're trying to make it to the next day, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, as I move into young adult, young, like in my teenage life, I was very promiscuous, looking for love in all the wrong places, not sexually empowered from a place of being empowered, but from a place of seeking something to fill something. And then as I entered my early 20s, you know, that behavior continued and I found myself in a abusive relationship. And in that relationship in my mid-20s, I that's when I really was like, this is not who I'm supposed to be. Like this mm-hmm. version of me, this, you know, this is not who I'm supposed to be. And so I vowed that I would not be back in that position again. And because I really kind of disappointed myself, but also I felt empowered because I recognized the signs and I was like, yeah, I got to get, I got to do something different. Mm-hmm. And that was really the beginning of like McKinney, like this personal, even thinking like what's personal development, 
Like what's growth? Like what's, it puts you on this path of seeking, you know, looking for answers, whether that's for me, you know, through spirituality, uh, therapy, friends, you know, different outlets. And that's really what started that path. Wow. I mean, they, I think we underestimate the power of awareness. And for two things that you you said there, I mean, you going through your 20s and coming to that point of awareness where you're like, okay, wow, like how, you know, how am I going to change this? This is not who I want to be. And if it wasn't for that awareness, you wouldn't have changed and developed into who you are presently. But also what you said at the beginning about being grateful for the struggle. And I I say that that's powerful because I feel like there are many people that have gone through really traumatic things and not necessarily to any fault of their own, but they're kind of living in this victim mentality. And I can respect what you've said because I agree with you where it's like without the struggle, without the the hardships, without the reason to persist and to strengthen our resilience muscles, who would we be today? You know, it's unfortunate that we have to go through certain circumstances, but they shape us into who we are. It's not necessarily what's happened to us, but what we've done with that. Um, 100%. Yeah. So it's very powerful what you said there. Yeah. And what you were yeah. saying about, you know, I just want to share too for the listeners, like it's easy to be a victim. Our society celebrates victimhood and it, healing is not celebrated or advocated for mm-hmm. wholly in, in, in most societies. And for us, we really have to recognize like that is a you know, it's a disservice, which is why I love the work that I get to do and the work that you get to do in platforms like this, because we get to shed life on real stories, real people that are overcoming and learning, you know, to heal and to grow and to reconcile and to Mm -hmm. be expansive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's just, it kind of is what it is. And I think that you don't have to go through terrible things to be great. But if you do, it doesn't mean you can't be great. Right. Yeah. I love that. There there was a woman I had on recently and she um, fought in Afghanistan. She was one of the only female gunners on her artillery team. And she was very adamant on, you know, soft times build soft people. Like if we don't go through some toughness, then we are more likely to not be able to handle, you know, life's everyday struggles, much less <laughs> the adversities and traumas that we deal with on a, on a regular living today. Like, I feel like there's been this shift from, I know when I got into entrepreneurship in like 2009, everything was hustle culture. It was like, I'll sleep when I'm dead, like work hard, play hard. You know, I, I was around a group of female entrepreneurs where it was like, we were hustling 16 hours a day, like barely sleeping. Yeah, same. It was a lot. (laughs) It was a lot. (laughs) But now I feel there's been this uh, relief and this shift in the soft life. And it was almost me going through a traumatic experience and saying, okay, I need to heal for real and taking my own self-care journey for me to slow down and notice, oh, there's a lot of other people 
on this journey as well, slowing down and prioritizing self-care, like listening to their bodies. So I would love to get into, I guess, the soft life for you. What what has that been like? You know, initially, so in 2019, I was in a relationship that was emotionally abusive. And I learned in that relationship and that relationship kind of encouraged me (laughs) to start seeking, like, what does healing look like? How did I get here? Um, It forced me to stop being aloof to the fact that I was the problem, right? That I'm the common denominator in this and that I can change my own world. I can change not others, but what's happening within me. And it led me on a series of retreats and sabbaticals. And it led me into, you know, different modalities of healing, psychedelics being one of them. And it led me on a feminine journey, you know, as well. And that was really, I think the tipping point for me was I was destroying personal relationships around me as well because I was being destroyed. Mm. And I had to just be honest with myself. And I'm just like, what in the hell? You know, because on one hand, it's like, I'm so great. I'm changing all these lives and I'm changing my life too. And the people that are close to me. And also there is this dampness, this dark cloud, you know, that I felt like was following me. And I had to get that together. So the soft life didn't start off that way. It was very hard, you mm-hmm. know, and, and as a matter of fact, you know, that's kind of new vernacular for us over the past couple of years using that term. But before that, I just was wanting to feel whole. Mm -hmm. And that's what really led me to this element of being, just being myself without operating from a place of fear, control, trauma, expectation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I can totally resonate with everything you just said. It's like, as soon as you started talking, I was like, mm-hmm, yep, been there, mm-hmm, me too, yep, girl. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's so easy to get, it's so easy to stay miserable. Mm-hmm. It really is. And it's, it's so interesting because as hard as being miserable is, it's easy to stay there because you begin to learn how to operate, you know, in that. And so, yeah, the soft life for me now looks, my life now looks totally different. I'm totally different than I was Mm. three, four years ago. Yeah. You know, some people don't realize that they have the power to control their story, to control, you know, some of the, the outcomes, you know, like you said before, like it's realizing that you can change the narrative in even how you look at your circumstances. Like when you said that you went through, I guess this breakup in a toxic relationship between 19, I was like, yeah, me too, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was that same time where it was like, I could play total victim here. I, I was, but at the same time, I choose not to allow that to be my narrative. It's my comeback story. It's going to be my healing story. And that's what forced for me, the holistic healing and looking at all the different parts of my life. And I loved another thing that you said where, you know, it's really about reflecting and looking at ourselves. And it's hard for some people to say, I'm the common denominator here. Mm-hmm. I had to do the same. And I, when I said it out loud and I wrote it on, on Facebook on someone's comment, they're like, wow, that's brave of you to say. And it's like, yeah, well, 
majority of the population is so used to projecting, you know, what's going on inside instead of holding themselves accountable for any part that they played in that because every experience is co-created. So as much as we went through these unhealthy relationships, okay, I had to, like you, look at Mm -hmm. the history here and what is it about me where I thought, I thought I had boundaries. No, I didn't. (laughs) And unfortunately, because of our childhood and what we learned in our childhood, like our subconscious, those things that we, even our energy, our vibration, yeah, that toxic relationship, it's familiar. You know what I mean? When you grow up in an unhealthy environment, that's normal. Let that become your normal. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. You don't see the, you don't see the signs. Okay. You're just on the, you're on the Titanic, just going sinking down like, oh, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Band playing. You're the band. You're just playing the song. (laughs) <laughs> ship is sinking okay yes <laughs> but it's it's being uh, that awareness again where you start to reflect and look at yourself and say what can I do differently how can I change so I think that's a huge thing for you to point out within your healing journey because I, I want the women that are listening to recognize that we can again play victim and be like this person did this to me this person did this to me but what part did you play because never sure. is one person a hundred percent to blame for anything so i guess you know you mentioned um you know psychedelics and stuff like that uh pivot into that one because as i was on my holistic healing journey I had um, been brought to the awareness of healing rituals and things like um, ayahuasca. I thought about going to Puerto Rico and uh, sorry, Costa Rica. It was almost like I didn't feel I, I had done enough research. But recently, there's been so many companies and brands that have been reaching out that are mm-hmm. offering microdosing and all these things. So I would love if you could share your experience with psychedelics um, and your sure. healing journey. A hundred percent. And before I do, I just want to piggyback on something you said. I just want to say too, for there's a difference between being victimized and being in victimhood. Mm. Many of us have been victimized, right? And we're not responsible for that. Staying in victimhood, we are responsible for. Mm. We get to choose how we live. And, and it is unfair some of the things that have happened to me, to you, to the, some of the people listening. And also, we have a opportunity to take our life back and to take mm-hmm. control of that. And so I just want to make sure that, you know, from my mouth to your listeners, it's no one's fault when things happen from, from a victim victimization standpoint. And also, we can't stay there, you know, because there's no living in that. Mm-hmm. And when I found the world of psychedelics, initially, McKinney, I was anti. I was like, I'll never do drugs. <laughs> like, you know, why would I even do that? It was introduced to me from an uninformed friend. So she kept, you know, bringing it up. And I had heard a couple little things over the pandemic on maybe Clubhouse or something, but I, it wasn't my world. So I wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. And which is hilarious now because I actually facilitate psychedelic experiences for women. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's the journey is the journey. Right? Um, and so, never say I, never. right, right. I mean, literally just don't say it, just, just save that sentence. And 
And so I, I, I went on a journey and in 2020, October, and it was very enlightening. You know, it was very enlightening. It wasn't the type of experiences that I curate for people, but it was a great experience for me to know the power of that tool, the power of that plant, the power of what it can do for you. And then I started doing my research and connecting with uh, well-informed psychedelic healers, therapists, associations, communities. And that led me to doing a journey again on a high, much higher dose, five grams. And my most recent journey was a seven gram journey. And I can say that I believe, again, this is my opinion, that everyone who is a great candidate for psychedelic wellness that needs a something to support them in reconciling and changing their habits and opening up their mind so that they can reprogram themselves should try it. Mm. I really, and it's so interesting that I say that because I really was so anti, but I've seen, I mean, obviously firsthand in my own life, how much it's helped me. And also in walking women through these experiences on high doses with our, we have a certified facilitator. It has been like just the deepest healing work I've ever done. I sometimes can't even believe that I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm a business coach, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, but, but I'm not right. I am an advocate. I am a doula in many ways. You know, I am a healer in many ways. And it has been the sweetest journey to watch people consume something that opens them up, Mm -hmm. that breaks through all the subconscious bullshit that we have experienced that we can't even get to on a conscious mm-hmm. level or through talk therapy in many to- in many cases you know there's so much data and research on how psychedelics helps rewire those neural path- pathways that really make a difference you know it's not like now no i'm not anti medication i am however pro healing, not suppressing feelings. Psychedelics allow you to feel feelings. Mm. Mm-hmm. Antidepressants help suppress feelings. So you're never yeah. not healed. You're never healed. If you stop taking them, you're still going to be depressed about the things you're depressed about. Right. You know, and I think it's worth, you know, having conversations with your therapist or people that you trust on incorporating some level of psychedelics in your healing. Mm. Uh, Thank you for sharing that and being so transparent about your experience with it. You know, to speak to what you, you said lastly, like emotions are energy and depression comes from suppressing your emotions. It's trapped emotions. And if those emotions are not expressed, if they're not released, they start to like, you start to implode. You you know, people have emotional outbursts. They have emotional breakdowns. Your body yes. becomes ill. Like the, the word disease, it's dis-ease. It's a body that is in dis-ease. You know, all of these ailments and things that people have, a lot of it is suppressed emotions. It's trapped energy. So I love how, you know, you've explained that psychedelics allow you to feel. I I personally haven't experienced it yet, but I do 
want to try because I have watched so many documentaries and videos of Mm -hmm. other people's experiences. There was a medical documentary about healing on Netflix and it was just talking about the different modalities of therapy and healing. And they did uh, speak about the history of psychedelics and how it was actually, you know, a really good thing. And then because obviously the government needs to control everything, but there was, I believe it was like a scientist or something um, where they, you know, started talking about how negative it is in order to get people not to, um, I guess, utilize it unsupervised and for them to be able to, I guess, control it, you know, in whatever way that that they want to. So it went with that whole time of, um, you know, drugs and it being bad for you and all those things. But like you said, like it, uh, there's actual studies and things that prove the benefits of how it rewires, you know, the neuropathways and all of those things, um, how it helps 100%. with clarity and vision and focus and all of those things. Yeah. It's really like a, honestly, like it's like a zero. Can I say the F word? You can say whatever you want, girl. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like a zero fucks uh, experience, mm-hmm. right? You start to see and experience what really matters. And the things that you're obsessing about is not as prevalent, you know, and they also, there's a lot of studies and research on the longevity <laughs> of, of this healing, mm-hmm. you know, and some people have said, you know, going on a guided, you know, intentional psychedelic journey could be the equivalent of 10 years of therapy. Yes. That's a, yeah, I've heard that. That's a big statement. And I, in my work, and I haven't seen, I haven't done it for 10 years, but I've done therapy for a long time. Mm-hmm. And this definitely helped me way faster. And, wow. and, you know, truthfully inside of this psychedelic experience, cause you can have a multitude of experiences and, you know, you could be, So in my work, I've developed like these archetypes based on my witnessing of how people respond inside of these high dose journeys that we do. And, you know, you could be present to this world. You could be in another world. You could be, you could be a fly, you know, you could be God. There's so many, you could be, you could really see your higher self. You could, Mm -hmm encounter your ancestors. You can give birth in these journeys. You can, I mean, it's just, it is indescribable, honestly. Yeah. The things and the experiences and the comfort, I think, that I've watched are, that I've watched women experience. Like it's, um, it's been really, it's just been really sweet. And I think that you know, if anyone's interested, I think do your research, you know, yeah. and I think that um, I understand the regulation, honestly, like I, I don't know about the whole government regulation. I, you know, I'm always skeptical because it's always a money thing. I don't really think that they're invested in our actual healing. Mm-hmm. However, and also because I am experienced with this plant on a high dose level, I am an advocate for guidance. Like I do not believe people should be going on psychedelic trips with their friends right. or in parties because so many things can come up for you. It could really mess you up. 
And you don't want to be in an environment where you have things coming up and you don't feel safe and there's not anyone there to help you process that. Uh, Integration is an imperative part of harm reduction when it comes to psychedelic use. And anyone that's seeking, you know, that I would say that if you, you know, are talking to someone that facilitates these experiences, there's two things that people want to consider, McKinney. One is what's the intake process? And the second thing is, what is the integration process? Mm-hmm. And then know your dose and know what type of psychedelics you're consuming. Like those right. are, so it's four things. Those are four things that you want to ask, right? Because you do want there to be some sort of, so we have ours reviewed by a doctor and a nurse, all of our intakes. Everyone's not a candidate. Some people are on medications that, you know, we have to consult That's with right. their physician. Some people mm-hmm. have mental diagnosis that do not, make them good candidates or have to do a different protocol for for those journeys. So I don't take it lightly because these are people's lives. And then the integration after is super imperative that because you'll be different Mm -hmm. and you'll feel, you know, you can feel a little isolated because no one that hasn't been on an experience like that's going to even know what the hell you're talking about. I've watched so many interviews with like celebrities and stuff that have had the ayahuasca experience and just how calm they seem and the experiences that they talk about, it's almost like they're floating. Like, you know, they, the things that they used to be upset about or, um, you know, that used to irritate them. Like they are just so chill. I've watched uh, a couple of interviews with Mike Tyson, with Amarion, um, some other celebrities that have had those experiences. And like you said, um, everything that I've researched has been very much about making sure that you are with a shaman or experienced, you know, practitioner. One of my business partners from Australia, she wanted to, for her 50th birthday, wanted to do the ayahuasca experience in Costa Rica and sent me the package and it was like i don't even know because one of the guys from uh the secret was in it because our mentor we were like hands-on coached by bob proctor so there's another thought leader that was featured in the documentary the secret i can't remember his name right now um michael beckwith there we go <laughs> yes mm-hmm. um so he was leading that one and it was like i don't remember if it was ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars something like that but basically the intake process is you have to do like a full physical with doctors and nurses you have to you know get a pass for certain things because like you said if you're not like your medical history matters your mental state matters your uh, environment matters this is not just something that you know, it's not like a, a casual recreational thing that it should be done. Um, so it's important the environment that you're in and that you have someone, I guess, a, a partner, someone to monitor your experience. A hundred percent. And then I'll yeah. also say just briefly, if, you know, those of you who are considering microdosing, like also be clear on microdosing protocols, like microdosing, you're not, it's, you're not supposed to microdose every day, like forever. Like you microdose right. on protocols. You may be on, you know, a stamina protocol. There's various protocols. So for example, you may be on a, uh, in microdosing, there's no, you don't, you can function on a microdose. Like you can go mm-hmm. to work, you can do your normal things. Like you're not high on a microdose, kind of like taking a baby aspirin for, you know, like doctors say, take a baby aspirin for heart health or something like that. But you may be take it for two days and off for two days and 
take right. it a day and then off. And then you may do that for a series of three weeks and then not do it for three weeks. So just be informed, right? Mm-hmm. And and you'll be great just being <laughs> informed, <laughs> Yeah, you know? And it's just, it's worth, you know, and I think a lot of people, they do things, you know, recreationally and I'm not, I'm not the biggest uh, advocate necessarily for that. And also just be informed, you know, know what you're doing and know what you're consuming. That's the most important part. And, but it's it's a life-changing substance and I'm happy that it's being decriminalized in many spaces and I'm glad that it's legal in, you know, many, many, many places outside the U.S. I'm in the U.S. and so I'm glad that there's places we can go and and be safe and good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up to, you know, my father, um, you know, consuming marijuana since I was little and then it being criminalized and all these things. And now that it's like legal everywhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> my father's a huge advocate. So certain things I understand, um, plant-based healing, like my father's a vegan, Rastafarian. So mm-hmm. uh, my, I guess my background in being around people that are pro plants and healing, I'm all for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, I remind. <laughs> um, I wanted to speak to, I guess, because we have had our own experiences with healing and, um, you know, now enjoying, um, some of the benefits of the soft life and, and holistic healing, yes. you know, I feel like as black women, it is very common to be given that title of strong black woman. And there is a part of me that used to get highly offended because you never hear a strong white woman, strong Asian woman, strong, like (laughs) it's, you know, you're, you, people may look at your life or your experiences and just give you that title. And at the same time, I feel like it, it allows them to almost have less compassion for us. So I want to speak to the feminine journey from being a strong black woman <laughs> and, and yes. your experience. Listen, ooh, the scam. <laughs> the scam. Of, of, and, and let me just say this, you know, I, I know that other women of other races have this feeling. I just want people to understand the connotation as a black woman has been different because it's so sated. And I agree with you. It is very dismissive of this carrying the world on your shoulders, et cetera. And so for me, you know, I was angry. I was strong and angry. Right. Mm. And I felt like I was validated. Like, I'm like, yeah, you know, this happened to me. I was, listen, I was waving my victim flag. Like I have a right to be a bitch. I have a right to be rude. I have a right to protect myself. I have a right to be abrasive because I've had to do all these things. If I don't protect myself, I am probably going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't, I'm going to end up in a, some sort of institution or st- standing on the ledge of a bridge somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the pressure of some of my decisions and some are not my decisions, you know, throughout my life really made me feel like I had to be so strong. And I, my first thought and feeling of that was when I was three years old. And when I was three years old, I recall, that was my first memory. And I recall my father and my mother getting into a fight and my father was an alcoholic and um, 
he was abusive. And so were the, all the men in my family, you know, they, they beat their wives. That was just what you did, you know? And so when I was a little girl and I saw this fight, I was, as I grew up, I was always jumping in advocating, you know, feeling like I had to be strong for my mother because she wasn't what I was seeing sticking up for herself. I couldn't understand like, why, why is this happening? You know, and so that really started it for me that and growing up in that environment until I was literally 16, still jumping in front of. Wow. Between the two of them, you know, and to the point where wow. me and my little brother, who's three, four years younger than me, I lose count. We jumped my dad and I felt super justified. I felt super justified in being that strong Black woman. And there's nothing wrong with innately or, you know, or being able to do things and to handle things on your own. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's where does it come from? I think it's the foundation, you know? And for me, it really, it just wasn't serving me. I was carrying too many things and I was just about to crack. And that really came to a head in 2020 when I pandemic hit. I went to Jamaica on a sabbatical for about 21-ish days. I met a woman there. Actually, on the plane, I was Googling feminine help. I knew that what I was seeking was in the feminine. I, I innately knew that. I knew that my womanhood had been stifled. I knew that the strong, quote-unquote, version of me was really just a survival body. Right. It wasn't really who I am. Right. Because and I knew it wasn't because, you know, how and and for those of you listening, you know how you feel yourself operating in one way, but you're talking to yourself in your head like this ain't it. You're like, Mm -hmm. this is not me. You know, you're being one way, but in your but your higher self or somewhere in you is that authentic version of you. And it's like, I have got to get out of this. Like, I've got Mm -hmm. to change. Something has to change. Something has to give. Right. And the words that I used. When I sent this woman, her name is Nadine Hatat, I said in the email, my soul cannot return the way it left. When I was leaving Oklahoma or no, Vegas, I was here in Vegas. When I was leaving Vegas, I literally, I had someone house it for me and I was Googling help on the way to Jamaica. And I was like, my soul cannot return the same way I'm leaving or else I'm just not coming back until I feel, until I'm different. And that's exactly wow. what happened. Wow. That's powerful. I, so when you were there in Jamaica and you, was there anything in particular that you had in that experience that you feel changed you or reshaped you? So I hired this woman and we coached. I, she said, well, you know, how often do you want to meet? And I said, every day. I said, I'm hanging on by a thread every day, <laughs> like literally. And that's what we did. I was like, I don't care how much it costs. If I don't, excuse me, if I don't talk to someone every day, I don't know that I'm going to make it. Right. And so that initially, right. And so that's why I believe in immersive experiences. A lot of us, and that's why I create them as well. I believe that, listen, therapy is great, but let me tell you something. I could not have waited two weeks to talk to anybody. I would have died. Right. I just, I, I would, I just wouldn't have made it. Like, Sometimes we, you need to know when you need more. Like you've mm-hmm. got to be honest with yourself and be like, you know what? I get it, but this is not going to get it. Like I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, and, yeah. and when you're not 
armed with the proper tools, when you don't have the proper tools to feel your feelings, which sounds so woo-woo, but let me tell you something, suppressing is not working, right? And so that really made the difference working with her. And we actually chronicled that journey as just a part of her normal work. And as a result, her and I partnered and we're writing a book called Tired of Being Strong. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. And it's that whole journey. So what, and the work that we did, you know, was so interesting. It wasn't that it was a lot of things I had to do. It was a lot of things I had to stop doing. Mm. And some things I had to start feeling and acknowledging. And that's the beauty of the feminine is that it's always there. Yeah. Right. It's always there. And we have so many circumstances and life experiences that pummel that, you know, that stifle that, that silence what's already there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes removing yourself from your quote unquote normal environment is often the environment that is cocooning or holding on to the trauma that you're trying to release. And so a lot of times you need to leave. That's why people go to other places to seek something because you need to see and feel something different. You need your life disrupted or else you'll stay the same. And if staying the same is not what you want to do, then you've got to do something radically different. And that's exactly what I did. Girl, listen, you are speaking my language right now. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I resonate. I <laughs> confirm. <laughs> I second. I stand. If y'all can see her right now, okay. <laughs> you are speaking my language, okay? Listen, pass the collection plate, people. <laughs> Where can I drop my offering? <laughs> I I think one of the best things for me about even doing this podcast and we are going on five years, I feel like every conversation blesses me. I feel Mm. like every conversation feeds my soul. I feel like every conversation is a form of therapy. I feel like every conversation um, helps confirm what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking. So I am so grateful for women like yourself that are transparent, that are open, that are authentic about your experiences because I feel this is needed for everybody. And I get the the, the messages and emails and the DMs from women that are listening that feel the same. Mm-hmm. So I, I will continue to do this even if I never get paid because it is about the experience, the impact, the healing that it is doing, not just for myself, but those that are listening. You said so many things that I'm like, okay, do I unpack it all or <laughs> I'll unpack some of it due due to time, but I love that you're honest about needing help because I think that, especially as black women, sometimes there is this idea that if we ask for help, we are weak. And I strongly believe that asking for help helps us to remain strong. I believe that when you are vulnerable enough to ask for help. And especially knowing that, you know what, bi-weekly or weekly is not enough. I need every day. You are being honest about what you need so that you aren't depleted, so that you don't break down completely or that you're, you know, you have a, a system in place to support the rebuild. Yes. I think it's great that, you know, you spoke about the the having to 
I guess, unlearn some things and uh, tap into what's already inside of you. Because I think oftentimes there are women that are seeking things, not realizing that it is inside of you. It's there. You just need to uncover it. There is so much buildup of, you know, whether it be the trauma, the wounds, the shame, the the negative self-talk, the the toxic relationships, the toxic parents, whatever it may be that is clouding the beauty that is already within you. And why everything that you said resonated so deeply is it's like almost like our timelines were the same. <laughs> like mm. when you were going on your heavy healing journey, that's when I was going on mine. And when you talked about changing environments, I I realized that I needed to release the energy of everything around me in order for me to have a faster healing because I was like, I can't wait five years to heal from this. I can't wait 10 years to heal from this. I need it now. But it was like, okay, this house, got to go. I I moved. This car, nope. It brings memories attached to this person. Got to go. Like everything for me had to change to release that energy and change the environment so that I was able to heal and release things much quicker. So like everything 100%. you're saying, I'm like, oh, girl, <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> and that's so comforting too, honestly, because I think people need to know, listen, you are not alone. People are just not talking about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You seeing us on the internet, you see, you know, and I walked my audience through this journey. The day that I went to Jamaica, I posted a post on Facebook and I said, I can no longer be y'all's man. Mm. I said, some of y'all are following me because my energy is so masculine and you need that in your life. And I just can't be that, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just want y'all to know, like, it's okay. And asking for help. Listen, I, I, I just removed the whole asking for help thing. This is the basis of how I live. Be honest. Okay. If you would just be honest, you would not have to worry about, is this weak? Is this whatever? Just be honest. You know what? I do need some help. You know what? I am overwhelmed waking up in the morning, doing the kids, doing, trying to get dressed, go to work, getting in traffic, doing, doing the job, trying to run a business. I'm, I, you know, I am tired. I do need, so I do need someone to clean my house. Mm-hmm. I do need, I do need something. I do need to talk to someone, you know? Yeah. And if you're just honest, you don't, and remove, because all of that other stuff is ego. Yep. It really is. It's just ego. It's like, yo, why would you be able to do all this? Yeah. You know, and then there's people there. So like, well, you know, you, you created the life you had. And yeah, we did. And also this life I created needs support. Yeah. <laughs> we all need support. We are wired for connection. No matter what level we are in life, no matter where we go, who we are, we are wired yes. for connection. We need support. We are not wired to go through anything alone. So, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> we'll have to dish, honey. We'll have to dish after the interview. Listen. Yes. <laughs> y'all have to catch us in a in a pub. Is that what you call it in Canada? I don't know. <laughs> we have pubs here, yeah. <laughs> listen for the after show. Uh, uh, listen, I'm coming to wherever you are. If you're staying in, in Vegas, I'm coming. If you're going to Houston, I'm coming. I'm listen. We <laughs> Everything you said, I totally agree. It's like when I was going through that, um, you know, breakup and needing the holistic healing. There was a part of me that was like, okay, I had to take a step back from the coaching to focus on my healing. But at the same time, I was so honest on, like I was 
every day in my stories, I was talking about the panic attacks, the anxiety, the things that I was experiencing till women started DMing like crazy. It was creating a community. So then I started doing lives of people who had experienced narcissistic abuse. And it was, it created this huge community and support during a time where I was like, some people were probably looking at it like, okay, well, she's this big time coach supposed to be successful, but da, 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 da. But at the same time, I needed support. And I was able to sure. get that support just by telling the truth. Uh-huh. Listen, when they say the truth will set you free, that's real. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That is real. And so I think that's just the basis, right? And I think we get so used to pretending like it's okay. And, you know, and I get it. You don't want to let everyone know, you know, where you're at. Everyone doesn't have the best, your best intentions, you know? Mm-hmm. And also for the people, be honest with yourself, you know, and yeah. then you can make decisions based on that honesty. And if you don't know how to, who to reach out to, reach out to McKinney. She'll point you in the right direction. Reach out to me. I'll point you in the right direction in the best direction for you, you know, based on where you're at, you know, you have some place to start, even if you don't even know what to say. I tell my clients, if you don't know what to say, wave or post a white flag, mm. just post yeah. a white flag. And in our community, people know if you see a white flag, call them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> call them. You know, that's a big sometimes one. you don't have the words. Sometimes you don't yeah. have the words. That That's a good one, April. Honestly, to all of you listening, like if you need support, post a white flag. Because even if someone doesn't know what that means and they're like, you good? What, like, what does this mean? Yes. Like, yes. To those who are, you know, aware, we can support you. Yes. Um, wow. Okay. So before we go to the final segment, the rapid fire, April, please tell people where they could stay connected with you, where they can learn more from you and about you. Yes. hundred percent. So TikTok is for personal, you know, just my personal playground at Epic April and Instagram is for business content. And that's, just keep it real simple. I'm going to be doing some stuff on YouTube. I'm really excited about, and uh, you can stay tuned to what I've got going on just by literally my Instagram stories is like what's going on every day. So tap in there at Epic April and um, yeah, welcome to my world. Yes. <laughs> and I will definitely make sure to have all of your contact uh, details in the comment section uh, below the episode so they can just click and connect with you directly. And I've seen many fake pages pop up uh, pretending to be you. So make sure you get the right <laughs> handle. <laughs> so ready. Okay? There's yes. no underscore. There's no extra letters. <laughs> <laughs> get it right. Oh man. <laughs> okay, so the that. final segment of the show, it's a rapid fire. You can answer one word or one sentence, but I also don't like rules. So if you feel claustrophobic, feel free to expand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. The Four Hour Work Week and The Awakened Woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. What failure has taught you the most about life? And do you have a favorite failure? What failure has taught me the most about life? Hmm. You know, I don't really look at it like that. I don't have any, I don't have any life failures. I got shit that didn't work out, but I don't really consider it failures. Cause I, how else would I know? Yeah. So I'm skipping that one. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. Okay. Um, What advice would you give your future self? Oh, wait, you know what? Let me go back. Okay, so let me tell you my my favorite real fast, my favorite adversity or whatever that I feel like I've learned the most from. And mm-hmm. it's probably going to be 
the relationship I had with a narcissist. Mm. It, it literally, I would not be here in this way, living this life in this body, had it not been for the trauma of that relationship. Mm. It would not have led me on the journey. So that's the that's the biggest thing. What would I say to my future self? Is that what you said? What's the lesson yep. to my future self? Yep. Well, hmm. What would I say to my future self? That's funny because I think my future self is guiding me. That's powerful. I don't know. Yeah, I think my future self is guiding me right now. I don't know that. <clears throat> I don't know that I need to inform it. I think she's informing me. I love that perspective. Like, I love it so much. Only because when I think about who I want to be or, you know, what I want to do in the future, I envision that, I visualize that, and I work backwards from that. So it is mm-hmm. that version of me informing who I am. So I love, listen, girl, we are aligned. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Look, are you Aries? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you are? Yes. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> love it. What's your birthday? <laughs> April the 14th. Uh, I'm the 18th. <laughs> girl, yes, girl. Where are we going for our birthdays? Okay. Yeah, listen, we need to we need to plan as soon as we're done this recording. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, okay. Um, when you feel overwhelmed, unfocused, or uninspired, what do you do? Uh I either orgasm, weed, or go to sleep. Love it. Okay. Um, describe yourself in one word. In one word. <clears throat> Authentic. Love it. Okay. And last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? I wish women would honestly do more for themselves. I wish women would put themselves first. I wish women would stop thinking that by saving everyone else, that they're going to be better. Mm. And that they're going to be loved. And I wish women would stop thinking that they need to do more to be loved. I wish women Mm. would just be. I love it. Thank you so much, April, for your wisdom, for your confirmations, your experiences, your truth, your authenticity. Like, thank you so much. Um, (laughs) You're stuck with me now. No, thank you. This is great. I, I'm I'm honored that you, you know, that we ended up on that panel together and that we connected and you asked me to be a part of sharing, you know, to your community. I don't take it lightly. And, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share anytime. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to Holly, all of you healers out there until next time, subscribe on all platforms. Don't forget to rate the show, leave us a review. I would love to hear what resonated with you from April's journey. What gems did you take away? Uh, what aha moments did you have? I want to thank each and every one of you that continues to listen each week and helps the show rank globally in the top 1.5% most popular podcast. And I want to challenge you to share this episode with five friends. Sharing is caring. I want you to share this episode with five people that need to hear this episode. And you can tag us on Instagram. Um, you can tag April at Epic April. That's E-P-I-C-A-P-R-I-L-L-E. And you can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith. A healthy community is a healing community and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. So let's continue to heal her.